This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast. And Pro Football Hall of Famer. The General. Sean McClain. Welcome. Welcome. To Hey everybody, welcome in. It is the Utopia football podcast. If I look tired, it's because I'm tired from my head going back and forth watching the ball go up and down the field today in the second half of the game here at NRG Stadium. Uh, And if I look like I'm super happy, it's because the Texans were able to win a game that we don't normally see them win. Uh, A game where the quarterback comes up with a huge drive at the end of the game and makes a massive, massive statement. We're going to talk about all that and break it all down. This evening on the podcast, the Utopia Football Podcast, I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast Sports Radio 610, joined as always by my good friend, the Hall of Famer, and our senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com, John McClain. John, 39-37, the final score of this game, and my lead into the postgame today was that, uh, I mean, obviously there's a lot of little things in this game that we can parse out, and we will, good and bad, but obviously the good is that they, not only they win this game, but in the big picture, John, we already knew C.J. Stroud was a pretty good quarterback, but this was one of those games today where, okay, you realize in the NFL, chances are you have to have one of those dudes that can do what C.J. did today if you're going to win a Super Bowl someday or make deep runs into the postseason. And I thought today, in a season where he was already the favorite to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year, C.J. Stroud made a massive, massive statement, and that statement is Houston Texan fans have found their quarterback. I think we already knew that, of course. A lot of people around the country – talked about how he'd really fallen off the last three games, and he had. He goes from his worst game, 140 yards at Carolina, to the third-best game in team history, best game in NFL history for a rookie, and no interceptions. That's something else. Five touchdowns, no interceptions. But the hero of this game 
with a three contributing three points in a two-point victory as uh, D'Amico Collins tore out of the game. Dari Gumbawale, he wouldn't even have been in, a ga- in the game if Damian Pierce hadn't been hurt. So fate with Damian Pierce's ankle injury act got uh, Dari Gumbawale active and the fact that they couldn't run the ball worth a damn again and the fact they didn't have Kaimi Fairbairn in the second half makes this improbable victory even more delicious for fans, media, everybody around the team, and should them give them a lot of confidence. They've already won four games. Their next one would give them the most since 2019. Yep. Yeah, they've won four games. They're four and four. Such a difference between four and four and three and five. I've been saying that all week. I mean, that's basic math makes that obvious. But I think just knowing what the game is coming up next week in Cincinnati, a game that John has guaranteed a Texans loss for on this podcast several times in in the last several weeks. Yeah, and John, obviously when I say Houston Texan fans, you have your quarterback. They knew that. He's going to be the quarterback of this team, even if he struggles the rest of this year. Like, he's the guy. he's, He's really, really good. I, you know, I think the thing today that we found out was, okay, you've got one of those guys that pe- the team say you left too much time on the clock for that guy. It's been a long time. Well, I say a long time. I mean, Deshaun Watson was one of those guys. There were multiple games in Deshaun Watson's good years here that he walked off the field with a lead that he gave the team in the last couple of minutes, and then the defense would blow the lead. CJ did the smart thing. He waited till there was only six seconds left to score the game-winning touchdown, and, and, and uh, Tampa Bay didn't have enough time. To, to muster anything or put anything together. I think that to me, and I think the fact that there was so much adversity in this game that this team bounced back from, CJ himself had good numbers at halftime, like yardage-wise, but he missed Tank Dell multiple times in the first half, like badly missed wide open Tank Dell. I counted four different times um, that CJ missed Tank Dell in the first half. Dalton Schultz fumbles on his very first catch of the game on the first series. He comes back and has a career day, 10 catches, 130 yards, and then all the injuries they suffer, and the craziest one, you alluded to it, they lose their kicker at halftime of this game, and they've got to have their backup backup running back, Dario Gumbawale, who we had on the postgame show, uh, and talk to him about it. And he was it was really interesting, John, because he, you know, he found out at halftime there was something going wrong with Kaimi. And um it was it was interesting because the Texans chose to go for two on the first couple touchdowns they scored in the second half. And then when the opportunity came to kick a field goal. They trot Dari out there to kick a field goal after not letting him kick extra points. And I said, was there any talk that went anything? He's like, no, I was just waiting for the order. And the order came to kick the field goal. He wasn't asking why. He was just excited to get a chance to go do it and a little bit nervous too. And Justin Reed was so envious because he always wanted to kick a field goal right. when he got a chance. The last time they were down with in the last two minutes and they came from behind to win, they got stuck with C.J. Stroud. That would have been in Indianapolis yep. last game. They score, they they hit two points, and they lose the first pick, and everybody wants to run Lovey Smith out of town, so the Texans did, and they got stuck with C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I guess they'll have to make the best of it with C.J. Stroud. It is 470 <laughs> yards passing today with five touchdowns and, and no interceptions. He He's going to be – I haven't been able to watch closely what's going on around the league today, John, but we just went through the scoreboard on the postgame show. Uh, I mean, look, this Eagles-Cowboys game is coming down to it right now. So depending on how this thing shakes out, but CJ Stroud is, I think is going to be the story. I think, you know, halftime of the Sunday night game tonight, um, you know, and all the national columns tomorrow. Um, He's been so great all year long. 
really by quarterback standards, not just rookie standards. This was a big boy game by him today. Like, it's, forget about rookie. And he has no running game right now, John. That's the incredible thing. He's doing these things with the uh, the defense knowing full well that the only way that they're going to get beat is with C.J. Stroud's right arm, and he's still doing it. I'm wondering what in the world Todd Bowles was thinking to watch the game plan from Carolina, in which he threw for 140 yards, couldn't throw the ball down the field, had three passes batted in the line of scrimmage. Tampa comes out with a single-eye safety, just daring him to throw the ball down the field, and that's just what Bobby Slowick wanted, and they took advantage of it. And even at the end of the game, they were dropped into quarters, four deep playing zones, and they still threw four, five, was it five in a row in the winter to Tank Dell. It was just a magnificent performance. Matt Schaub had two games that were better, but both of his were in overtime, so it's most yards in regulation in team history. Yeah, incredible. 30 of 42, 470 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. Three, John, how about three pass catchers with over 100 yards receiving, and none of them are Nico Collins? Unbelievable. Yeah. Other thing was he threw four touchdowns on first down, so they just about abandoned the run. I tell you, I was about to go ballistic, and I know you were too. First and goal at the four or five, and slow it calls two runs to Singletary, and they get stuffed, yeah. and then he hits the touchdown pass. I'm thinking, what in the world? Are you thinking? Wow, John, he's running the RPO with Tank Dell on second down during the next series that, you, that that we're talking about here. Like it's Bobby had a good game, and and I it's very clear by based on the distribution of run and pass that he's you know he he's realizing what their bread and butter needs to be, and it's C.J. Stroud. Um, but uh, still, he does he got cute a couple times on those on those drives that got down in the shadows of the goalpost awful, there. Awful. And CJ bailed him out a couple of times uh, down there. So when you look at their rushing total, CJ had what, 10 on an RPO and then Xavier Hutchinson had 12. Tank Dell's not good at doing those end of rounds. No. Every once in a while, he'll have a good one, but most of the time Hutchinson's bigger. He can break tackles and, uh, and teams are going to be looking for that. But if you look at the running backs, and it's it, the run blocking is just awful, but yeah. the pass protection was great. When I graded them, I just I said just forget about the run blocking. It is what it is. You can't throw five touchdown passes without getting great pass protection, and they did that one series where Tunsil had a hole, Dieter had a hole, then they had a sack, and uh, I thought then the game was over. I thought sure the game was over when they scored Baker Mayfield, took him down the field to score with 46 seconds left, knowing a field goal, even if they had Fairbairn wasn't going to win it, and Stroud make it look just so easy. And a lot of that's got to be what the Bucks were doing. They should have done better. Yeah. All right, well, let's break it down. So the Texans win 39-37. They even their record at 4-4 four and four on the season. Jacksonville's off this weekend. So the Texans sit two games back of the Jags, but right now they've got the tiebreaker with the win over Jacksonville back in week three in Jacksonville. Jacksonville comes to NRG Stadium in three weeks. Uh, Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, Jacksonville will be here to take on the Houston Texans. John, let's do our four stock up and four stock down and then go celebrate this victory. Uh, four things that went went well today, four things that need improvement. We do four stock up and four stock down after each Texans game. And, John, as always, you go first. Obviously, I should say C.J. Stroud, but I'll keep him for you. Dari Gumbawale who was an undrafted free agent here, 
got cut. I don't know where he went. Came back last year. He was one of the featured backs with Royce Freeman and and uh, uh, Rex, Rex Bleeping, Bleeping Burkhead. And uh, I didn't even know if he'd make the team this year. He's the fourth back. Now, I guess he I guess he played soccer at some point. He did. He mentioned that on the postgame show. Yeah. And uh, did he play in high school, college as a kid growing up? We we didn't do a deep dive on his soccer career because we only had five minutes with him. Well, he looks he lo- he looks like he knew what he was doing. His first kickoff was great. Yeah. And uh, but for him to go out, kick a twenty nine yard field goal under that kind of pressure in that kind of game, that was just unbelievable. One, that's one of the most amazing things I've seen in my career. I've seen other players throw for over five hundred yards, five touchdowns. I've seen that, but I've never seen a four string running back being active by an act of God and then coming in in a pressure situation, connecting on that field goal, I'm going him four stock up my number one. Yeah, that's a great one. D'Amico called him the player of the game. He called yep. him the player of the game in the post-game press conference. Definitely the definitely the coolest story of the game for sure. You know, there, there were some Herculean performances today from some people uh, in that passing game. So if you're going to leave him for me, John, I'll go ahead and use C.J. Stroud as the second stock up, and that's an easy one. 470 yards passing, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, like a lot of the guys on the team today, I thought he – I like the way he – I like the way, John, he recovered from kind of a, an up and down, an uneven first half, I'll call it, you know, where he, he missed some throws that he would probably like to have back. Um, but I think coming back from the performance he had last week, where he had a lot of passes batted down, <clears throat> um, wasn't able to get the offense really out of first gear, only threw for 140 yards – uh, that that CJ bounced back from that performance last week. You know that he didn't let the Carolina Panthers beat him twice, as they like to say. You know what I mean? Um, that that he came back with a vengeance this week, um, and that these guys, man, they just believe in him. Boy, when Dari was in here, we asked him about CJ, and he lights up. You know, like it's just is something else to, to watch a group of guys. And Dari's been in the league for a long time. He was in camp with the Texans in 2017, so he's been around a while. It's really wild to me to see these guys, all of whom are older than C.J. Stroud, just the the respect that they have for him and the way he handles himself in a room full of men is uh, is is really remarkable. You know, uh, they should be preparing that extension right now. And don't include a no trade clause. Yeah. Another thing I liked about Stroud is he's just so He's so cool and calm. You know, yeah. he's got flushed out of the pocket a lot. He had to throw on the run. He was, as you say, he was off target on some in the first half. I think he ended up getting hit like six times. They had nine tackles for losses, and they only had three sacks. One was definitely his fault because he held it too long. Yeah. And another one was on the blitz right up the middle in which their linebacker, Devin White, wasn't touched by anybody. And the back went out on a pass route. So I thought he can take a lick in and he can keep on taking, and it doesn't matter what the situation is. And I'll bet you, you know, he talked to Tom Brady because they're all buddies with Michael Rubin from Fanatics, and I wonder if he'll be texting with Brady because, man, that was a Brady-type performance today. No doubt. Uh, no no doubt about that. Uh, John, what's your next stock up? It's, good. It's, it's hard to pick from receivers or tight end Dalton Schultz, but I got to go with Tank Dell because he scored two touchdowns and he caught the game-winning touchdown pass in which the coverage was zoned. He still got open and he caught it. Earlier, he dropped a deep ball down the left side. He should have held it. 
and Stroud didn't hold it against him. He came back to him. And for him to get open in that situation and catch his second touchdown pass to win the game, uh, that was extra special, especially for a rookie. Yeah, John, they, I mean, they put a lot of people on notice today, man. You know, this is a little like that Jacksonville game where Tank had the big game. But there there seems to be something about the connection between those two guys, uh, between Siege. Obviously, they're both rookies, you know, fellow rookies who connected kind of even before they both got drafted here. Um, but man, Tank is, he's incredible, you know, getting, he's just, he's open all the time. It's incredible that as, as much as we celebrate the, um, the touchdown that won the game, that throw that CJ had on the first touchdown to Tank Dell, holy crap. What a throw that was. Yes, it was. Oh my God. That was, that was absolutely, uh, that was absolutely amazing. All right. Um, as far as my. Other stock up goes. See, I feel like it's lazy to pick another receiver, like picking Noah Brown. He was incredible. I thought his, <clears throat> I thought his touchdown, John, was in retrospect maybe the most important touchdown because it did kind of give the Texans absolutely. It gave them a shot of injection, but I think it also allowed them to get like a, it was a little bit of relief, you know, like okay, we can do this. We can have big explosive plays, and it's Noah Brown doing it, who's our third wide receiver, you know, who's replacing Robert Woods theoretically in this offense. So. Uh, you know, um, Noah Brown. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna give it to uh, to to Dalton Schultz. The ten catches for the 130 yards touchdown on a fourth down play, <clears throat> and the fact that he bounced back from some early adversity in this game, um, where he he had the fumble uh, early on on third down would have been a third down conversion on the first series of downs to keep the chains moving. He fumbles. Um, I turned to whoever was sitting next to me in the press box. I said, "Man." The way this offense has been going, I don't know that Dalton's going to get enough opportunities to make up for the the, the negative effect of that play. <clears throat> you know, fortunately, <clears throat> excuse me, fortunately, the um, the Texans, I believe, held the Buccaneers to a field goal there on that drive. So they they held them to three. So it was a win for the defense that Tampa Bay started with the ball in Texans territory. Um, but I was wrong. Dalton had plenty of opportunities to make up for that fumble, and he did. Ten catches for a buck thirty and a uh, crucial, crucial touchdown when they needed it on a fourth down play. After catching two passes for five yards at Carolina, and you had mentioned Noah Brown. What made Brown even more impressive? He had six catches. He was targeted six times. He's the only player that caught every one of his targets. Schultz caught two of of 10 of 11. Tank caught six of 11. Yeah. John, I'll give you a bonus stock up. Lisa Ann, our fantasy football expert. Um, critically acclaimed actress as well. Uh, she, uh, she on our show on Friday, uh, I, we asked for like some sleepers from the Texans, you know, now with all the injuries and things like that. And she gave out Noah Brown as a sleeper on, uh, on Friday on our show. Uh, good one. She knows what she's talking about. She sure does. She sure does. All right, John, let's do four stock down. You go first. Injuries. They lost. First of all, they cut Graylin Arnold. He ought to hold out for more money because you know, know. they're going to try to resign. He was on the depth chart still this morning yep. uh, the, on the on the flip card today. I was stunned because he's still from Baylor. I hope it's one of those deals where they told him we're going to bring you back. Then they lose Jimmy Ward. He's got a hamstring. You know, he'll be out a while. Yeah. And then they lose MJ Stewart. He had to be helped off with a shoulder injury. That looks bad. And yeah, so his arm was gonna, dangling. He had yeah, the he's going to be out a while. Yeah. And they lose uh, – Hassan Ridgeway, Khalil Davis just keeps getting better and better. He's a good player, John. He's a good player. He should have gotten a stock up. You know what? I should have given him a stock up. Khalil Davis has been very, very good. Yeah. 
Well, they those injuries, they had guys that stepped up. Sheldon Rankins already didn't play. Sean Ridgeway went out. And Big Heine and, uh, and Khalil Davis had to play with Malik Collins. And I just think all the injuries, John Mechie, Jake Hansen, they had, a lot of guys were out, and it didn't matter. Well, it mattered on defense because their defense was terrible today. But, uh, boy, they still didn't let it get them down. So I'll say injuries was the stock down because they had so many, but they were able to overcome them. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go stock down. You mentioned yeah the injuries. I mean, I'm just counting up the bodies, John. You mentioned Ward, MJ Stewart, Hassan Ridgeway, Jake Hansen, John Mechie, Kaimi Fairbair. They all left the game with injuries today too. Mechie had a rib. I think Hansen had a hand. Um, Kaimi Fairbairn obviously dealing with a leg issue. So this was Domingo said it in the post game press conference. He's like this, this is a tough one. <laughs> you know, they, they're happy to win the game, but this was a tough one as far as health goes for this team right now. For sure. They're going to be looking for kickers. You know that. Yep. Yep. Uh, much to the chagrin of uh, replacement kicker, Dario <laughs> Gumbawale. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He said afterwards, like, no, this is, I'm the emergency kicker. Um, I am going to go stock down. I, I'm going to, I'm going to put the face of this. I'm going to put Henry Toa Toa on the stock down, but it's probably more of a linebacker issue than anything else. This team continues to give up plays to opposing Great tight point. ends. Great point. Who the hell is Otten, this guy? It was just just piecing today. Uh, I believe two touchdowns for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and several Kate plays. Kate Otten. Yeah. I mean, he he looked, you know, he he's running around in a Buccaneers uniform. You'd think it was Gronk out there with these catches that he's uh that, that he was making. So I don't know if it's safety's fault or linebacker fault. I just know that the couple of times that Kate Otten got into the end zone or made big catches, it always looked like it was Henry Toa Toa that was the closest one to him. So I'm putting the face of this on Toa Toa, knowing full well that I've not watched any replays of these games yet, and it could fully be somebody else's fault. But the Texans stink at covering tight ends. And that last one was definitely Toa Toa's fault. He was trying to keep up with him, had his back to Mayfield, didn't do a good job at all in uh, that one. Tell you another guy, we're talking about good performance, Christian Harris who didn't play much last week, came off the bench, had five tackles. I remember one big one on a run and one big one on a pass. Yeah, he had a pass breakup on a big play. And and he kind of bounced back in the game too because when he was in there early, I forget which drive it was. Uh, it might have been the might have been the uh, the first drive to get a touchdown for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their first touchdown drive. Um, but there was a – on one of their drives, um, uh, uh, Rasheed White, had a catch and Christian Harris just went completely the wrong way trying to tackle him. And it's, he turned it into a 33 yard gain. Um, and I was so angry with Christian Harris on that play. And then you're right. He bounced back and he, he was, he, he did some good things that, that actually showed up on film around the ball three or four times in the first half of that game, for sure. All right. Who's your next stock down, John? My next one is going to be a group thing. The run blocking. It's kind of uh, <laughs> monotonous now to talk about how bad they are. It run blocking, but they're bad. Terrible. First half, seven carries, seven yards. I'm looking up, okay. Last year, they actually, I think in a game, they had eight. So it was not, it was not close to a record. And we think it's a big deal because he averaged four yards of carry in the second half. Uh, but that was 10 from Stroud and 12 from Xavier Hutchinson, I think. Yeah. And uh, but that running game is just terrible. It's awful. And when you got a rookie quarterback with no running game, most teams with rookie quarterbacks want to run, 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 and run some more, and they can't. And other than that drive down when they were inside the five and slow it caused two runs in a row, I thought overall he realized 
you 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 throw the ball and you try to surprise them with the run. I think he threw four touchdown passes on first down, which means they're not running on first down like they usually do. Yeah, I thought Bobby was, other than a couple of times down there close that you and I have already talked about where he got a little too cute on first and second down in, in red zone situations, um, I like the way he called the game. I like that he came out aggressive throwing the football. He threw, I believe, the first four plays were passing plays. Um, if Dalton Schultz doesn't fumble, who knows? Maybe they go on a 10-play drive and then eight of them are passes. Uh so um, I overall, I thought it was more positive. Did you give? Did you do your report card yet, John? I did. It's on SportsRadio610.com. Okay, don't give it all away. But what did you? What did you give the coaching for the Texans in this? I game? I gave them an A. You can't win a game like that and not give them an A. If I divided it down between defense, I would have given them an F. But the way it was, I was in a good mood and gave them an A. Yeah. Um, John, for the last stock down, I could do any number of things on defense. It was not a good defensive game for the Texans today. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go a little off the page here. If you're a fan who was in the stadium today and you walked out and you left with 46 seconds Ooh. to go in this game, uh, I hope that that roar that you heard from inside the stadium as you were walking back to your car or as people who were already out there tailgating or maybe watching on their satellite TVs and things like that, um, I hope that you felt that pain like a piercing stab right in your gut <laughs> uh, that you weren't there to see one of the most historic wins in Houston Texans history. Uh, so stock down on you. If you walked out with 45 seconds, oh, ye of little faith in one C.J. Stroud. Um, so that's my stock down. Now, of course, if you are one of those people and you listen to this podcast, we ask that you hit the subscribe button and that you continue to listen to this podcast. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. I just didn't want to be lazy with another defensive stock down. But um, the crowd, I will say this too, John, because this, this does give us an opportunity to give props here. I, I thought the crowd was great today. I mean, it was it wasn't full you know i don't know if it was a sellout or not they um, sold like uh 98 but you know 98 weren't there no no i mean it was it was spotty but it was loud i mean it, it in the second half of this game the buccaneers had to burn a timeout and they got a false start and it was they did it at times where the crowd was at peak level noise so i i thought thumbs up another stock up for the uh, the home the home crowd today i thought they were great by the way john you call us one of the most historic wins in team history. This is one of the most historic wins in Houston's pro football history. Is it really? You think it is, huh, Absolutely. John? What makes it, I mean, obviously the comeback with just 40 seconds left, but it, when you talk about in history, and nobody's got a better grasp of history with football in this city than you, um, what is it that makes this one, I mean, it's week nine of a season where the Texans are four and four. What is it that makes this one, so historic for you. Rookie quarterback, no running game, no kicker, a lot of players going out with injuries. Uh, all the odds are against them. I'd like to see one of those sites that says when the Texans got – when Tampa Bay scored that last touchdown. Win probability? Yeah, the win probably, probably 99%. Yeah, probably. I can find that, actually. Something you, uh, like that. Keep talking about why this game was so historic, and I'll and go ahead fact, and find it. And the fact, the circumstances, the circumstances were so crucial. You know, as we talked earlier about not having a running game for a rookie quarterback, and they losing all those players on defense. Baker Mayfield, they're look, making him look like a guy who was the first pick in the draft. And uh, I've seen a lot of great victories in this city's history, and I know about the ones I haven't seen. And this was definitely one of the best in Houston history. A friend of mine with the Titans sent me a text tonight and said, I watched the Texans game today and uh, I'm Tampa's defense left a lot to be desired. And I'm just sorry we have to play them two times. 
Uh, John, are you ready? According to ESPN's win probability, uh, when it was first and 10 at the Houston 25 with 45, 45 46 seconds, 40, seconds, 46 yeah. seconds left. Um, what do you think the win probability for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was? 98%. 90.8%. That sounds low to me. Yeah. I mean, too. Yeah. Yeah. So 90.8%. Who knows? Maybe the computers respect CJ Stroud a little more than, uh, than, than the, the average person that's, does. Most, that's the only thing I can think of. Cause yeah. I thought they were dead in the water. I did too. I, I did too. But Tank Dell said after the game, um, cause we were wondering what did CJ say in the huddle and, and, and whatnot, you know, when he was getting in there, you know, 75 yards ago, you have 46 seconds to do it. And tank said that he told, he told CJ told the offensive line, basically like, you just keep me upright and we're going to make them pay. And that's what they did. And he made him pay. Yes, he did. And how exciting it was. Now the bugs have lost four in a row and they're three and six. Everybody's talking about Todd Bowles going to get fired. May need a new quarterback. That game wasn't Baker Mayfield's fault. No, nope. that was on their defense. Yeah, no, Baker was really good. What were Baker's? I'm I'm pulling up the box score here. I mean, I've it's got like two seventy eight, great rating, two touchdowns, yeah. no yeah, interception. I, mean, I can recite CJ's numbers, uh, chapter and verse. Uh, but Baker, yeah, Baker, twenty one of thirty, two hundred sixty five yards, eight point eight yards per attempt. I mean, that eight point eight yards per attempt is elite. I mean, CJ was eleven point two, which is off the charts. Two touchdowns, no picks, only took two sacks. And, and and Baker was Baker was really good, John. When the Texans got pressure, I thought for the most part of being able to kind of navigate the pocket and get rid of the yes, football. He, he, had the, he, he had the huge play on fourth down. Actually, if I were to give a stock down, if I were to go back and give a stock down, you know what one I would give? Letting is, him run for that first down. Letting him run for that first down, but it wasn't that. It was it, it similar to last week's final drive for the Carolina Panthers. Remember the Texans had the Panthers in a third and twelve. And they kind of gave up 10 cheap yards to Adam Thielen on third and 12, setting up the fourth and two that Bryce Young converted. This was much worse. This was third and 23, and they gave up 21 cheap yards, I believe, to Chris Godwin, if I'm not mistaken. And that set up the fourth and two that Baker was able to convert with his legs. And I felt like they did it one other time in this game. Like they, for whatever reason, this is a very specific complaint by me. But when the Texans get these either sacks or penalties that put the other team in these like really adverse down and distance situations, for the last couple of weeks, they've been playing super soft on those third downs, and they're really allowing the other team to get into much more manageable conversion situations. And it almost came back to lose the game for them two consecutive weeks. It did lose the game for them last week because on the very next play after that fourth and two conversion was when Bryce Young hit Chuba Hubbard and got them into field goal range. This one uh, was you know Baker converting the fourth and two, and then they hit the big play to Palmer, which almost ended the game when Tavier Thomas punched the ball out and the ball's rolling around. John, this was a wild, wild game today. This was this was awesome episodic television today. I got this one more for you. Yeah, go, let's do it. Go. Todd Bowles uh, takes his last timeout so he doesn't have a 10-second runoff. Had he had the 10-second runoff, they would have won the game. Yeah, the clock's his friend at that point. The clock, you know, like, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, and then who knows? I mean, the Texans only have 36 seconds instead of 46. Maybe they change the way they're calling their plays, but they would have to change the way they're calling their plays to do things that were probably much, much higher risk. You know, in turn, you, you're not able, you're right, with 36 seconds and two timeouts, you're not able to take those two little chippies to Dalton Schultz to get you closer to midfield. You know, and then that leads to they get the Noah Brown catch and run, and then they get the um, they spike the ball, and then it's the two plays to tank, and it's jackpot after that. No, you're absolutely right, John. That was a very curious decision by Todd Bowles. Would love to know 
Uh, we'd love to know what they're talking about in Tampa with this, like who they're pointing the finger at with this whole thing. It's, it was not a great day for for Todd Bowles, considering he's responsible yeah, be their for their defense and balls because yeah. he makes yep. the calls. Absolutely, absolutely. They're three and five now, and they've lost four in a row. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so they are teetering, teetering, teetering right now. The Texans are four and four, and we'll see uh, their opponent next week. Cincinnati plays Sunday night. By the time you all are listening to this, that game may be in the books. Um, but John, this was a great one today. This was a fun one. I admit I violated the no cheering in the press box. I didn't cheer loud, but I did go two hands up like this when Tank Dell scored the touchdown. I did get excited. Omar, if you're listening to this, come and get me. You can cuff me and uh, and put me on probation. And they are f- finished with the NFC South. Thank it's God. Two and two. Oh, thank God. And I'm like, oh, they're back in the AFC the rest of the way. Oh, no, they still have the random 17th game against the Arizona should have Cardinals. Beaten the Falcons. They should have beaten the Panthers. They're so close to being six. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, but they won one today. That you know, like I, this is that's how it goes, John. You know, they're gonna they're, there's this team. There's gonna be five more games like this the rest of the way. That at least to come down to the last possession like this. I, um, you know, I I don't necessarily feel like they deserve to win either of those games against the Panthers or the Falcons. You know what well, I mean? I don't think they deserved it. I just said they should have. They should. Either more talented than those. Get teams. off on one series on defense, and it yeah. turned out to be the. Last two, and they've still the only teams lost two games with no time left. John, what uh, what do you got going on? So your report card, obviously, you got. Our report going cards on. on Sports Radio six ten. I've got a column about C.J. Stroud and uh, what he, what he was able to overcome will be posted early in the morning. Okay, good stuff, John. We always appreciate that. Enjoyed this one, John. I always enjoy it. And after a win like this, this is fun. We could do this for two hours. <laughs> it's a lot more fun than it is when they lose and games on. No time left on field goals. Yep. And I you, feel bad for James, our producer, who who is yeah. a diehard Buccaneers fan. And he's off tonight because he's at a wedding in Florida. And I don't know if he'll ever be able to recover. Yep. Yep. Poor guy. I, I mean, I mean that. I like James a lot, but I'm really glad that his Tampa Bay Buccaneers spit the bit today in the Philly's last 46 fan. seconds. Yeah, the Buccaneers fan. He's got yeah. to be feeling bad. Duh. Well, I can't wait to see him on Tuesday and break it all down <laughs> with him again. We're John. We just need to. We're just going to do on Tuesday. We're just going to do a whole other episode on this win over the Tampa Bay Bucks. So James has to sit there and just take for it. James. Yeah. yeah, just for James. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, there we go. Um, big thanks to Jake for producing. In for James. Uh, Jake producing the podcast tonight. He's the one making sure that you guys get it in a timely fashion, and I'm sure that will happen. Um, and uh, and of course uh, for Jake. And John McClain. Oh, let me remind you, hit the subscribe button. Uh, the uh, subscribe button is the way that you make sure that you get this podcast uh, automatically. You don't have to think about anything. After a win like this, it just shows up on your device and you listen and uh, we're all happy together. So for Jake and John, I'm Sean. We're out of time. We will see all of you a little later this week. Send us those mailbag questions. H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. We'll do a mailbag on Tuesday. Until then, Big win by the Texans. Let's enjoy this one and get ready for Cincinnati. Have a great night, everybody.